We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for February 24th, 2013. And today, again, kind of like a normal study, quite a bit of material to cover. Uh, I've got a lot edited. Not sure how much I'm going to get through. Uh, so I'm not 100% sure how long the study is going to be today. Um, just kind of go as long as I can go. Before we get into the main articles, just a few, uh, some interesting Bible verses from Isaiah 57. Sounds like World War III is going on outside my window here. We have a lot of uh, people that uh, are exercising their Second Amendment right <laughs> right now. And uh, I think out in the woods there are uh, shooting off some big guns. But uh, we're going to talk a lot about that today. Isaiah 57.1 The righteous perisheth, and no man layeth it to heart. And merciful men are taken away. None considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. It's kind of like that expression, you know, only the good die young. Okay, I know that's more secular. But sometimes... The righteous are taken, and the merciful men are taken away, or women, from the evil to come. I just thought that was an interesting thing to, an interesting concept, because if somebody was maybe struggling over the death of a loved one, they might not have ever considered that verse. It can make a big difference in their life, you know, thinking about it that way. It's like, Oh, yeah, I mean, instead of blaming God, no, 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 no. They were taken away from the evil to come. Maybe the devil had a lot of traps and snares that God foresaw them falling into. Okay, the righteous person, the merciful, and God basically took them out to spare them from that evil. So... Kind of saying that for more of a, uh, for somebody that might be struggling with, uh, you know, the death of a loved one, or maybe, maybe it occurred decades ago and you're still not able to figure it out. Well, this one verse could, could help a lot with that. So, then it goes on to say, he, meaning the righteous, the merciful person, shall enter into peace. They shall find rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, they're in a better place. So, you know, obviously they need to be saved, but they're in a better place. Much, much, infinitely better than where we're at now. Then if we skip ahead to verse 15, kind of shifting gears, for thus saith the high and lofty one, the one is capitalized, this is, this is God Almighty, for thus saith the high and lofty one, that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is Holy, capital H, I dwell in the high and holy place. Man, that is awesome. (laughs) Praise the Lord. With him that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Contrite is essentially a very similar meaning to humility. True humility. Not false, but true humility. And, um... The fear of the Lord is, is, I really believe, the greatest prerequisite to developing a contrite or humble spirit. Uh, the fear of the Lord, that's a byproduct of the fear of the Lord. 
Fear of the Lord is also the beginning of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. So there's also a protective. Uh, it doesn't say that God dwells with the proud and haughty <laughs> to revive the spirit of the haughty and the heart of the proud ones. That's the exact opposite. So, it's very important, I believe, that, you know, even to pray for that, to pray for godly humility and contriteness before God, because he's not going to hear your prayers unless you come to him with a humble heart. He's not going to hear you if you come to him proud. There's no way. It's not going to happen. So it's an absolute, total prerequisite for getting our prayers answered. And here, it's about the only thing in the Word of God, one of the few things I should say, that pleases God. It's not so much of a work, you know, because it's not like you're going to go out, all our righteousness are as filthy rags and we are all together as an unclean thing and, you know, we're not going to make some big boast before God. But humility is, is one, of the, uh, one of the main things, one of the only things in the Word of God that pleases God and where He will actually inhabit, cohabitate with a person. Humility is one of the only things that's going to make that happen or let that happen in the Bible. I mean, look at Solomon. You know, the Lord asked him whatever, whatever you want, and he asked, he said, I'm as but a little child. I know not whether to go in out, in or out, apart from you, essentially, and give me the wisdom to guide this great people. So he humbled himself before God, and that pleased, it, it even said that that pleased God, which is one of the few times you'll ever read that about a person in the Bible, or somebody did something that actually pleased God. Not to say he's never pleased with us, I'm just saying it actually said it there. So, and it was, it was his humility. Unfortunately, he got way off track afterward, but, um, so contriteness and humbleness of spirit is where it's at. Where it's at. They that shall be last shall be first in heaven. The Bible talks about that. Unless you humble yourself as a little child, you will not see the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ said that. So, you know, you go before God like a little child, not to say you act like a baby or something, but I'm just saying, you go before him really super mega humble-like. And um, that's why it's important to praise God, to worship him, to bless his holy name. All that's a form of humility you're showing to God. You're showing him that you're not, you know, the one in charge. You're, you're, you're not anything without him. Um, that's a form of humility. And then it goes on in verse 20, shifting gears again, Isaiah 57, verse 20. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. The wicked really have no peace. There's, there's that, ver, that, that expression, secular, there's no rest for the wicked. Well, that's basically where I believe this came from, at least in part, because if you look at verse 20, it says, but the wicked are like the troubled sea, when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. 
like when the seas are really rough, particularly towards shore, it's going to cast up a lot of mud and dirt, and they can't rest. They can't, their, their, their feet run to sin, as the Bible says. There's no rest for the wicked. There's no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. So, I just wanted to go over those verses before we get into the main study here. First report, and this just came out today, Department of Justice memo, memo uh, that's been leaked from the Deputy, Deputy Director of the National Institute of Justice, d- dated January 4, 2013, Greg Ridgway, Ph.D., and it's entitled Summary of Select Firearm Violence and Prevention Strategies. It's basically saying that we need to outlaw and confiscate all guns. This is from the, Depart- uh, the National Institute of Justice. The National Rifle Association has obtained a Department of Justice memo dated January 4th. It's downloadable here, and I also have a picture of it right here on the PDF for February 24, 2013 at contendingfortruth.com. The PDF, all of that is free. The audios are free every week. Um, I want to take a moment to just thank all the people that have donated also to us. I don't, I try to thank them individually, but I, I don't do it probably enough collectively. And thank you for um, all your donations and your prayers and, and these things, because without that, we would not we would not have been able to survive as a ministry. Um, but the Lord's uh, chosen you all to help me to do this, and I praise God for it. I guess we're going into our probably be going into the seventh year now of this ministry. And, um, so I praise the Lord. I I shouldn't, I I shouldn't be here doing what I'm doing (laughs) after all that I've said online and how people have massively reposted these audios on YouTube and the fact that the Lord's protected us and shielded us is an absolute miracle. Uh, so I praise the Lord for that and, um, for my listeners. So, going forward, it's, it says, uh, it's calling for a national gun registration and confiscation, this memo. <laughs> so, you know, the nine-page cursory summary on current gun control initiatives was not officially released by the Obama administration. The DOJ memo states, quote, and you can read this off the actual page here that you can see on the PDF. The DOJ memo states, quote, buybacks are ineffective, meaning gun buybacks are ineffective unless massive, unless they are massive, essentially, and coupled with a ban on guns. So in other words, whatever they're going to do, they're saying, listen, if we're going to do this, if we're going to confiscate guns, and if we're going we're gonna, to um, do all this, we need to really be aggressive and do it all at once. Which, again, will that'll be the next civil war in America. This is why I've been reporting on this so much, because this is such a linchpin. If they try to do this, or when they try to do it, this, America as we know it, will never be the same. It will be in a massive, massive civil war. Um, on a gigantic, probably as far as lives lost, is going to dwarf anything that was uh, happened during the civil war, which was, we, we lost more... more um, people in the Civil War than any other war we've ever been in. So, this is going to dwarf that, most likely. 
Uh, buybacks are ineffective unless massive and coupled with a ban. It also states the administration, quote, believes that a gun ban will not work without mandatory gun confiscation. Mandatory. And thinks universal background checks, quote, won't work without requiring a national gun registration. So the national gun registration is just the absolute total key and precursor to total gun confiscation. Because they're going to know where the guns are. Obama has yet to publicly support national registration or firearms confiscation. They probably don't have everything quite set up yet from a militaristic infrastructure standpoint to go after this. Um, although the memo reveals his administration is moving in that direction. But this is good because if this type of stuff is leaked out, uh, all it's going to do is there's going to be more pushback, more you know, blowback regarding all of this information, and people are going to be that much more aware of what's coming. Now, next report. Federal and non-military agencies noted radio host Mark Levin last week uh, that they have purchased enough ammunition recently to not only shoot every American five times, this is just recently they purchased this amount, but also to engage in a prolonged domestic war. Um, the numbers are based on recent reports, it's linked here, you can click on the link to verify, that put the total federal ammunition buy in the last 10 months at approaching 2 billion rounds. To provide, and again, who are they arming for? This is federal. This isn't like, this isn't like the military's buying all these rounds to go fight some foreign war. This is like Department of Homeland Security and on various agencies of the government, domestic government, that I've went over time and time again. So who are they arming to the teeth for? <laughs> you know, it can only be us. To provide some perspective, Levin noted, experts estimate that at the peak of the Iraqi war, American troops were firing 5.5 million rounds per month. At that rate, the Department of Homeland Security is now armed for a 24-year Iraqi war. The 24-year Iraqi war, but that's on our soil. So, next report. Gun shops are running low on ammunition from a run by customers fearful of potential gun control legislation. According to gun retailers and customers, prices have more than doubled over the past year in some shops. That's not even accurate. We're going to look at that. Yeah, they've doubled over the last year, but they've doubled far more recently than even that. Retailers are putting limits on the amount a customer can buy, and some common types of ammunition, such as twenty-two caliber long rifle shells, are hard to get. They're just about impossible to get. Um, I've checked around. Uh, this this next one, um, this other gun shop, ammo prices have doubled since December at America's largest gun shop. The price of the store's ammunition has more than doubled since mid-December. <laughs> mid-December? We're just going, we're, we're getting ready to go into March, and they, the ammo prices have doubled since mid-December? This is said by Larry Hyatt, owner of Hyatt Gun Shop in Charlotte, North Carolina, which bills itself as America's largest gun shop. I spoke, I looked these, these guys up online. Um, I spoke to Mr. Hyde today about the increase of price of ammunition since mid-December when the gun control 
debate began to heat up, Sandy Hook, you know, stage garbage. Hyatt said that the ammo market is very volatile and that he doesn't know when the next shipment will even be in. Well, I went up on their website. I was at a gun store the other day, and I, I asked him if he had any twenty two long rifle, and he just laughed at me. <laughs> I mean, it's really sparse. Really sparse. And um, I looked up this Hyatt gun shop online the other day, and they had... I think it was three or four huge pages of multiple 22 caliber long rifle ammunition that they would normally sell. Showed a picture of the box and how much it was. Every single category. I don't even know. Probably 50, 60, 70 different brands of 22 all sold out. Every one. You couldn't buy anything. 223, 223. Forget it. It's another one. I mean, I'm, and then if you can buy it, I mean, you're going to, like, if the, the, the only way you're going to get anything halfway decent price is if you buy it in gigantic bulk, if you can find it. Some guys are advertising in a local paper here the, uh, called Iwana. And the only thing that you can get there are a thousand rounds, and all of them are a buck a piece. It's a thousand bucks for a thousand rounds for, I think, a pretty decent ammo. So they're up to a buck around, and that's if you buy in gigantic bulk, and that's if you're buying from from somebody like not a gun shop, who knows what it would cost if you bought that much from a gun shop. So, I mean, it's <laughs> well. Then I just saw this today, and this isn't in the study, but it's uh, gun guns and ammo production maxed out. This is a society preparing for war. Um, President Barack Obama is arguably the best gun salesman ever. Over 65 million guns have been purchased since the president took office in 2009. FBI background statistics indicate that over the last 12 months, Americans purchased a new gun every 1.5 seconds. A figure which, which suggests there's more to the recent panic buying than just people stocking up to go hunting or sports shooting. Yeah. The following guns and ammo industry report indicates that every major gun and ammunition ammunition manufacturer in the country is running at, um, well, some of them aren't running at 100, but they're, they're, most of them are running at 100% capacity, with, with many so far behind that they've stopped, stopped taking new orders altogether. Smith & Wesson running at full capacity. Ruger plans to go from 75 to 100% in the next 90 days. I mean, every one of them, Armalite, maxed out. DPMS, can't get enough parts to produce any more product. Colt, production runs increasing weekly, bottleneck by Bolt's carriers. Um, uh, Colt's carriers, I guess. It's, you know, ammo. Every caliber is now allocated. We're looking at a nationwide shortage of all calibers over the next nine months. All plants are producing as much ammo as possible, with one billion rounds produced weekly. Most is military, followed by... L.E. So, in other words, I think the military is buying up a lot of this stuff in order, and again, we're going to confirm that in a second. Uh, it's, it's, it's really insane what's going on here. And again, the media is pretty much silent on what is actually going on about this particular thing, but, you know, it's essentially we're looking at... Um, a country totally preparing for war with its own government. Um, here's another little um, 
disgusting thing that I found. Government is buying up ammo that they had no use for, such as twenty two long rifle, which is what I just mentioned, and just destroying it to keep it off the shelves. My, this is from a guy, uh, W.H., who wrote in to uh, Steve Quayle's website. It says, my brother is a doctor down in the Pensacola region in Florida. Through his job, he rubs elbows with high-level people in the military and law enforcement. And I was talking to him today, and he told me that one of his friends that was on the Joint Chiefs of Staffs, I think he's now retired, verified that the government is buying up ammo that they had no use for, such as twenty two long rifle, and just destroying it to keep it off the shelves. He also confirmed that several of the officers he knows is being interviewed by the administration with a lie detector and being told that they won't fit into the future direction of the military and being forced to leave. Now that is another thing that Obama has to get rid of. Anybody in the military that is actually patriotic, law-abiding, believes in the Constitution, um, Bible-believing, pro-Second Amendment, pro-prepper, pro-patriot, anybody like that, they're going to have to go. And they're weeding these, particularly the high-level people, out so that when, they have the, when they're given the order to mass slaughter Americans, they're not going to have a problem with it. But they've got to, they got to weed all that out. So it's a process that's happening right now. And so they're being interviewed by administration with lie detectors and being told that they won't fit into the future direction of the military because it's totally satanic. The future direction is totally satanic. It's one world government. It's the new world order. It's what the Bible says is going to happen. And they're being forced to leave. So this is just one more confirmation of what's going on. Apparently the good officers are talking to each other and keeping up with what is going on in the military. The leadership that will be left in the military will be weak, corrupt, and ineffective, which will lead to chaos for the enlisted. So, you know, um, this is what is going on here. I, I wish it wasn't the case, but unfortunately, this is what we're looking at. Uh, let's see here. Now, this just happened this week as well. Veterans are receiving letters from the v, Virginia prohibiting the VA. I'm sorry, Veterans Affairs prohibiting the ownership of firearms. This is written by a constitutional attorney named Michael Connolly. How would you feel if you received a letter from the U.S. government informing you that, quote, a determination of incompetency will prohibit you from purchasing, possessing, receiving, or transporting a firearm or ammunition? If you knowingly violate any of these prohibitions, you may be fined, imprisoned, or both pursuant to the Brady Handgun Violence Protection Act, publication number 103-159, as implemented at 18 United States Code 924A2. How would you feel if you received that? That makes it sound like something right from a documentary on a tyrannical dictatorship somewhere in the world. Yet, as I write this, I have a copy of such a letter, such an exact letter, right in front of me. It is being sent by the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs to hundreds, perhaps thousands, of veterans. In my capacity as Executive Director of the United States Justice Foundation, I've been contacted by some of these veterans, and the stories I'm getting are appalling. The letter provides no specifics on the reasons for the proposed finding of incompetency, just that it is based on a determination by someone at the VA. In every state in the United States, no one can be declared incompetent to administer their own affairs without due process of law, and that usually requires a judicial hearing with evidence being offered to prove to a judge that a person is indeed incompetent. 
This is requirement of the Fifth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution that states that no person shall, quote, be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process. Obviously, the Department of Veteran Affairs can't be bothered by such impediments as the Constitution, particularly since they are clearly pushing to fulfill one of Obama's main goals, which is disarming of the American populace. Janet Napolitano has already warned law enforcement that some of the most dangerous among us are American veterans. Um, And now, according to this letter from the VA, they can be prohibited from buying or even possessing a firearm because of a physical or mental disability. So they're, they're seeing what they can do and get away with incrementally, and they're seeing how much pushback they're going to get as they try to implement these things. Okay, next report. It's no secret that the Department of Homeland Security considers returning veterans a threat to the coming New World Order. They have said as much back in 2009 when they wrote a report exposed by the alternative media, uh, which said, quote, returning veterans possess combat skills and experience that are attractive to right-wing extremists. The DHS is concerned that right-wing extremists will attempt to recruit and radicalize veterans in order to boost their violent capacities. (laughs) This is unbelievable. This must be Barack Obama's way of thanking our veterans for serving writes the Gateway Pundit. They also said, quote, U.S. veterans are receiving letters from the government informing them that they are disabled and not allowed to own a gun, purchase, or possess a firearm. It was okay, though, when they were go over there killing, if they were, over there killing for this country or whatever. That was fine, you know. But now, since they're back in America, since they're viewed now all of a sudden as a threat, <laughs> they can't possess or own a firearm. If the veteran does decide to purchase a firearm, he will by be fined, imprisoned, or both. And here's a actual um, excerpts from the actual letter. And I've already read this particular excerpt in the last part. Here's the actual cover page if you want to see it. And page two and three, you can click on these links. Uh, try to verify with all documentation this stuff so you can understand that it's not my opinion. It's actually real. Uh, next report. A provider of realistic shooting targets to the Department of Homeland Security, which is like Satan, and other federal agencies has created a line of non-traditional threat targets that include pregnant women, mothers in playgrounds, and elderly American gun owners. I'm not making this up. You can see the pictures of these targets in my PDF. They're all copied and pasted in there. They're called No More Hesitation Targets. No More Hesitation, meaning when a cop sees this, don't hesitate. Or when the military or whatever, Department of Homeland Security, you're not going to hesitate. You're going to blow that pregnant woman away and her unborn baby and not even feel bad about it. No More Hesitation. That's literally the name of the targets. This is the No More Hesitation Pregnant Woman Threat Target I'm looking at right now. And it's a woman in a nursery... Looks to be, I don't know, eight months pregnant at least. Um, And she's pointing a gun. And that's, you want to definitely blow her away. Um, And I'm just kidding, but I'm saying that's what they say. Uh, It even says, non-traditional threat depicting a hostile pregnant woman in a nursery. This is their product description. Background is faded further, highlighting highlighting the threat of the pregnant woman with a gun. 
Law, Law Enforcement Targets, Inc. is a 21-year designer and full-service provider of tar- training targets for the DHS and the Justice Department and thousands of law enforcement agencies throughout the country. The company's website offers a line of no-more-hesitation targets designed to give officers the experience of dealing with deadly force shooting scenarios with subjects that cannot that are not the norm during training. The targets are, quote, meant to help the transition for officers who are faced with these highly unusual targets for the first time. Isn't that special? I mean, that's... It's really a hallmark moment. The targets include pregnant woman threat, older man with shotgun threat, older man in home with shotgun, older woman with gun, young school girl, aged girl, young mother on playground, and little boy with real gun. So these are the new terrorists. These are the new threat. And and obviously, all of us bitter clingers, clinging to our Bibles and guns, as Obama had put it, um... Obviously, this is going to become a reality in the near future for departments like the Homeland Security and these types of things. Because people are going to rather die than get put on a bus, chained and shackled in a bus or, or a, uh, or a uh, rail car, and taken to the uh, concentration camps where only God knows what they're going to do to people. You know? They're going to die before they to- choose that route. A lot of people. And I'm just being honest. That's what's going to happen. So they're going, yeah, sure, they're going to want to have targets like this. Why are top training target suppliers for the government supplying the likes of the DHS with non-traditional threat targets of children, pregnant women, mothers in playgrounds, and elderly American gun owners? Unless there is a demand for such items. I mean, why are they going to supply it unless there's a demand? This is particularly alarming given the fact that the Department of Homeland Security has just purchased roughly 2 billion rounds of ammunition over the course of the last year, enough to wage, they're saying, a 30-year war against the American populace. Just that alone. The DHS also purchased no less than 7,000 fully automatic assault rifles last September, labeling them personal defense weapons. The fact that targets of American pregnant women, children and mothers in playgrounds, and American gun owners in general are being represented as non-traditional threats for the first time is deeply concerning given the admitted preparations for the civil unrest undertaken by Homeland Security. Also, all of these people are white. Like, you're just typical white person. Okay, None of them are any other race. So, and that is the demographic that is the, the, the as far as Second Amendment rights and pro-constitution, and pro-Bible, and pro-life, pro-prepper, that is overwhelmingly that demographic. Now, I'm not being prejudiced, I'm just being honest, okay? So again, this is what they're gearing up for. This is who they're gearing up to take out. Okay, so, you know, draw an eye to God and he will draw an eye to you. I mean, this is something where you really want to draw close to the Lord Jesus Christ and pray for his protection and this is why I did, like the study I did on Psalm 64, where, you know, you ask God to hide you from the secret counsel of the wicked and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. You know, so, um, anyway, you can, if you want to hear that, it's just key in Psalm in the search box at contendingfortruth.com. Uh, going further here, let's see here. Uh 
This is deeply concerning given that the admitted preparations for civil civil unrest undertaken by Homeland Security as well as other federal agencies. A leaked U.S. Army military police training manual for civil disturbance operations also outlines how military assets are going to be used domestically to quell, there's a link to that, riots, confiscate firearms, and even kill Americans on U.S. soil during mass civil unrest. Now, most likely this isn't going to be something where all of a sudden Obama comes out and says, hey, we're going to come confiscate your guns. It's going to be on the heels of probably something that makes Sandy Hook look like a walk in the park. Some type of who knows what. It may be multiple cataclysmic events at the same time as a pretext for gun confiscation. There may be a pandemic. There may be natural disasters, earthquakes, whatever. They've got the technology to, st- to induce these things through harp and scalier waves and, and Gwen towers and, and just all types of stuff. Not so much Gwen, but that's more mind control, sound of silence and things of this nature which I've done studies on. Um, There could be a false flag terrorist nuclear event or some type of events in multiple cities at the same time as this is occurring um, that they could blame, you know, on the Muslims or whatever. And again, the Muslims would love to to destroy the great Satan and kill as many of us as possible. There's no no, um, debate about that in their own official doctrine. I mean, you look at that. So, I've reported on that over and over again as well. World War III in the Middle East. Um, It's most likely going to come in the midst of something like that scenario. Not just like it is like right now where it's relatively... Of course, I know things are degrading by the day, but I mean there hasn't been like another Sandy Hook didn't happen yesterday. That type of thing. So that's when you're going to really, when you really see things start to just go nuts, is when this is going to most likely be implemented. And that will be your your signal. If you have a place to bug out to, if you've got an alternative location, um, and if you're in or near the cities, that would be definitely um, a preferable thing to do, unless the Lord's telling you just to stay put. I mean, you do what the Lord tells you to do, but just saying, if you had those types of alternative locations to go to, um, when you see things really start to break out, that's when you're going to want to probably make that move. So, going further, this also dovetails with continuing characterization of Americans who are suspicious of centralized federal authority. Oh, why would we be suspicious of centralized federal authority? I mean, obviously, they're, they're doing nothing to make us suspicious. You know. And, and also, reverent of individual liberty. See, those... You, you just you better not be reverent of individual liberty because you know you need to come into the collective and be assimilated into the new world order uh, or also right wing extremist terrorists uh, uh, who they would who they would deem as terrorists um, the u s military trained last year to take on another unusual target zombies, which some fear is just a ruse to get troops used to engaging crowds of people with deadly force. I've done a ton of teachings on zombies as of late. Okay, just to let you know, just in zombie, or zombies in the keyword search box at the website. As documented by the police, the film Police State 2000, numerous urban warfare training drills stretching back well over a decade have revolved around incarcerating and battling the American people on domestic soil. Uh, 
see the actual non-traditional threats that are being provided in the form of shooting targets to the DHS and thousands of law enforcement agencies below. And again, you can uh, click on the PDF and see all of these wonderful uh, shooting targets. Can you? I can't imagine taking one of these to a range like the first one. No more hesitation. Little boy with real gun. This cute little boy with a real gun. And it doesn't even look like he knows what he's doing with it. He's got, like, the guns, like, right up against his chest. It's not like he's, like, in, in some, like, threatening posture or whatever. No, blow him away. You know, we, need, we don't need any more hesitation. We need to brainwash the law enforcement to have no conscience about killing pregnant women, little boys, little girls, the elderly... This is what they're trying to do. This is the brave new world that, that Obama is wanting us to come into. The website containing these targets has crashed since this article was published, but the graphic shows a screenshot of the page with the URL visible. So yeah, here's the little boy. And uh, <laughs> non-traditional threat of a little boy holding a real gun designed to prepare officers for the worst possible situation. Here is young mother on playground with little girl. Yeah, she looks like a real terrorist. Depicting a hostile young mother surrounded by a child on the playground. This is so sickening. Here's one. Granny, older woman with gun in a bathrobe. Even better. Yeah, hostile old woman. Hostile older woman. A young schoolgirl, age schoolgirl with a gun. I mean, this is just so beyond sickening, depraved, vile, immoral, deranged, demented. Update, company behind shooting targets of children receives $2 million from the DHS. Cool $2 million for these targets. And then, another update, law enforcement requested the shooting targets of pregnant women. Because they want to make sure that there's nothing their law enforcement won't do. Because, I mean, hey, you kill, if you can kill a pregnant woman with an unborn baby in her, there's, there's not a whole lot you're not going to shoot at. You know? And then, and then the DHS contractor apologizes for selling shooting targets of children. Why do they apologize? Because they got caught. Not because they're remorseful about anything. I mean... I think the remorse left when they started printing the targets. <laughs> you know? <laughs> We're so remorseful these targets. Keep printing them, Charlie. Keep Come on, we need a million more. They're really remorseful as they're receiving the two million from the DHS on these targets. It is an apology posted on the company's website as well as Facebook. And acknowledge that the targets were requested by law enforcement agencies. See, it's not our fault. You know? It's just, they were requested. It's like a guy that, you know, sells cocaine. He's like, well, I, listen, I mean, I sold the cocaine, but it was because there was such demand on the street. So I felt bad about it, but I had to sell it. Because everybody's got to make a buck, right? <laughs> it's, it's so sickening. Next report. A 10-year-old in Virginia who was arrested earlier this month for taking a plastic toy gun to school is facing a potentially permanent criminal record over the incident, a 10-year-old. 
The boy, who remains unnamed by the media, hit headlines after Douglas MacArthur Elementary School officials searched his bag and found an orange-tipped plastic toy gun. The toy guns all now have those orange tips on there, so you know they're fake. Following complaints from parents who said their children had seen the boy playing with the fake firearm on the school bus. Little, little, nice little, um, rat, narc parents. Instead of exercising common sense, the school officials called the police. They called the police. This kid had a toy gun on a bu- on a school bus. And the boy was taken into custody. The next day he was fingerprinted, photographed, and questioned in a small courtroom. His mother said that her son, who has attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, probably because he was vaccinated to the gills, um, was for at least in part, was forced to answer questions about his Miranda rights, and has now been issued a probation officer and a second court date to face criminal charges. I mean, this is like something out of the Twilight Zone. He's been issued a probation officer. And a second court date to face criminal charges? Yeah. Ten-year-old. Toy gun. This is America. It's just, it's, it's incomprehensible. Next report. Democrats in Washington state are in full retreat after it was reported that they are working on legislation that would nullify the Fourth Amendment rights of citizens who own firearms designated as assault weapons by the state. It says, quote, in order to continue to possess an assault weapon that was legally possessed on the effective date of this section, the person possessing shall safely and securely store the assault weapon. The sheriff of the county may, no more than once per year, oh good, it's no more than once, conduct an inspection of the assault weapon, essentially, to ensure compliance with this subsection. Uh, there's a link to this if you want to read it, the full version. If enacted, the law will allow police to search without a court-issued search warrant the homes of owners of legally purchased firearms. This is why this type of legislation has to be resisted at every single turn. And, and you know, or they're going to just ram it and railroad it down as much as they can. Yeah, Taylor just asked a question. Her, her history teacher had... Uh, intimated to her uh, recently that if if they think they're going to get the people, and this is just in North Carolina, if they think that they're going to get their guns, and this is not a radical lady at all, okay? We're not talking like anywhere near like what I get into on a weekly basis. No, not like that at all. And even someone like her was like, no, it's, it will be all out war. You know? I mean... And <laughs> I went in that gun shop the other day. That guy, he's something else. I walked in there and he, um, I didn't bring it up. I wasn't trying to, you know, incite anything. But he's really up on all this legislation and all this stuff too. And he says, they come get me. He says, I'm going to, he says, I'm going to die with a, I don't know. He says like a shroud, in a shroud of brass or something. I mean, this guy's got like an arsenal. I'm not recommending that, but I'm just telling you this to understand a little bit of the mindset, particularly of people more in, you know, I think the southern states as well, but not to say the northern states, they're not going to inquire, go up against a massive force either. Uh, You look at the, the massive amount of hunting licenses that are issued in most states. That right there tells you that there's a lot of very skilled people with guns 
that are used to being camouflaged, that are used to being in the wild, that are used to, you know, maybe sitting in a tree stand for hours on end, these people know how to hunt. And the government is going to become the hunted when all the stuff goes down. It's going to be guerrilla warfare, is what it's going to be. It's going to be people... Um, strategically placing themselves in certain, taking out as many as they can and then getting out of there. That's probably how this is going to go down. Um, when this, I'm, I'm, and again, I'm not saying we need to go out there and be killing everybody. I'm just saying this is what I foresee happening. I'm just, from an observation standpoint, is what I'm talking about right now. So, yeah, we're talking heavy duty stuff, the likes of which we've never seen in this lifetime, particularly ever seen on American soil at this level. So, going forward, I mean, maybe since the Revolutionary War and the Civil War, but um, going forward, in response to proposed federal laws outlawing firearms, legislators in Oklahoma have put forward House Bill 2021, the Firearms Freedom Act. It sailed through a House Public Safety Committee on a 13 to nothing vote and is one of the least of two dozen gun-related bills that are moving through the legislature. Sponsors of the bill say the legislation is designed to make sure the federal government does not violate the Second Amendment rights of Oklahomians. Another bill passed by the committee would allow private schools to institute their own rules on whether teachers and visitors can be armed. Like I said, if they would just arm, you know, per school, a certain percentage of the teachers that volunteer... That right there is going to massively cut down on any type of Sandy Hook event from happening because if those cowards, these mind control MK Ultra slave triggered mind control slave cowards, know that they're going to be facing gunfire, most of the time, from what I've seen, they go into their suicide program and kill themselves. Isn't it funny how they always kill themselves? It's because it's part of their programming. Their government instituted MK Ultra mind control programming. I'm not saying every single one has to necessarily, but I believe absolutely the vast, vast majority. And then you have something like Sandy Hook where there, it, it, there's so many inconsistencies and lies. And I mean, again, I could be doing just studies just on Sandy Hook still. All of the inconsistencies and lies. It was government created to bring about their desired results. Not working out like they planned. They're getting more pushback than they thought they're going to get. So they're going to have to do something on a much grander scale. I believe that's what they're they're, they're planning, um, and this is why everybody's arming to the teeth because they believe the same thing. Or most people, they know they can see something real bad's coming. You know, people are waking up in that regard. So going for, forward, um, this measure will now move to the House Calendar Committee, where they will be scheduled for a full vote in the full House. Uh, next report. Obama and the Democrats in Congress would have us believe most Americans are sensible, are for sensible restrictions on the Second Amendment. Uh, but a town hall meeting in Massachusetts on Wednesday night, however, turned this assumption on its head. The, the majority of people attending a town hall meeting in Westford, Massachusetts, responded to the withdrawal of an assault weapons ban by city governments with thunderous applause and a standing ovation. So, hey, good for them. And you know, good for them. Next report. Communist propaganda poster from 1918. This is very interesting. Gun control advocates claim historical gun grabs by tyrannical regimes are a myth. 
which it's absolutely totally proven that prior to all of these regimes fully committing mass genocide of their own population, Hitler, Pol Pot, Stalin, Mao, Mao Zedong, all of them instituted massive gun confiscation prior to their, you know, all-out genocide on their own population. But the gun control, the historical, uh, the, the gun control advocates claim all this historical gun grab by tyrannical regimes are a myth. But this 1918 communist propaganda poster from Russia Civil War serves as yet another reminder that tyrannical regimes throughout history have always sought to disarm their populations through gun control. Here it is. You can look at it right here, right on the PDF. And um, the poster shows Russian citizens turning in their rifles, handguns, and even swords as a communist soldier looms over them with the words, quote, comrades, turn in your weapons, appearing in front of the hammer and sickle inside a red star. I mean, how much worse can you possibly get than that? And it's, it's just, I mean, it's right here. It's an absolute total, total propaganda. And in this case, they're even turning in their swords. Now, in the last century, governments murdered over 260 million of their own citizens. But first, they had to confiscate their guns. And this is another little poster I have here of Obama laughing is that, with that quote I just read. The, going back to the uh, Russian poster, the text bears a chilling resemblance to Dianne Feinstein's infamous turn, in, turn them all in quote from 1995. And if you click on the uh, link here, you can hear her say that. So, again, just further proof of what we're talking about. This is a proactive thing. Urge your congressman to sign the Stockman-Braun letter, both representatives leading the way to defeat all gun control actions. Click here to contact your representative. There's a link here. Um, urge him to sign the Stockman-Braun letter. Please note that there are two different action responses for you to send, and the system will automatically send that response. And you can click on that if you'd like to do that. We're going to now shift gears a little bit, and this is entitled, Every Move You Make, the U.S. to Adopt New Biometric Surveillance Systems. The U.S. is funneling money into tracking systems that are threatening to make the very concept of privacy a thing of the past. It could mean people's every move being used against them to keep them under surveillance. So I'm going to go ahead and play this, this uh, short YouTube video. The U.S. is funneling money into tracking systems that are threatening to make the very concept of privacy a thing of the past. It could mean people's every move being used against them to keep them under surveillance. Artie's Marina Portnow looks at the future of being watched. The information age was an era nearly everybody embraced. But today's surveillance age, experts say, is a reality almost no one can escape. We are five years away in New York from zero privacy from every New Yorker being being tracked and cataloged and watched and that information being saved for pretty much an indeterminate period of time. Private investigator Steve Rombaum believes America is being landscaped into an eyes-wide-open society through the advancing market of biometrics, technology that uses physiological and behavioral recognition to identify people. A system touted as a national security necessity is being used to build a database where the biometric identity of millions of Americans will be gathered and stored. When you look at crime, when you look at terrorism, what we're really focusing on is the individual. 
And so if you are interested in reducing crime or reducing terrorism, you do have to focus on the individual. And biometrics is a way of, of connecting the person with a measurement. Recognition of unwanted visitors. Face recognition and iris scanning are the current tools of the trade. However, scientists are reportedly developing new technology aimed at identifying anyone from much greater distances. If researchers are successful, the Defense Department may eventually be able to detect individuals by ear shape, heartbeat, walking patterns, and possibly even odor. Long-range fingerprint and iris scanning are reportedly also being explored for the U.S. toolbox of tracking. Are there reasons to have such security devices? Sure. Um, do I think it's American? Do I think it's appropriate that somebody can press a button and determine everywhere I've been, everything I've done, everyone I've been with? No, it's wrong. And, and I think that we're entitled to privacy. Author and journalist A.J. Jacobs recently spent three months documenting every second of his life with a small camera worn like a Bluetooth. It's remarkable. It holds ten hours of video. Esquire magazine's editor-at-large subscribed to self-surveillance for an article about life logging. Yet he believes the market of high-tech cameras and consumer biometric applications will soon make Little Brother an equally big concern. And I think that we are uh, we're not going to have a private moment. Uh, in the future. And I always tell people, listen, if you want to have an extramarital affair, you better have it right now because you're not going to be able to have it in five years because everything will be tracked. Your husband or wife will be able to know exactly where you are at all times. As Can't you believe this guy? Of all things to bring up, an extramarital affair. You better get it out of the way now because it's not going to happen in the future. I mean, give me a break anyway. Companies like Apple move towards fingerprint readers and facial recognition. Insiders say that consumer electronics will generate an entirely new source of revenue for the biometric industry, an industry estimated to bank more than $9 billion globally this year. However, the top cash cow is expected to remain government spending on security. In the past five years, the Department of Defense has shelled out an estimated $3 billion on biometric programs. Hard to believe that just 10 years ago, the concept of facial recognition, biometric surveillance, and domestic drones was limited to science fiction movies like Minority Report. Marina Portnaya, RT, New York. They're, they're, showing, they're showing the scene from Minority Report where those little spider things come in and scan everybody's eyes in the whole hotel or in the whole apartment complex. I mean, what a disgustingly sick... Talk about no privacy. But again, it's all these are all being released by Hollywood so as a conditioning tool to ultimately get us to actually accept this type of garbage. Next report... Science writer John Horgan's feature on many ways the many ways drones will be used in the coming years is interesting throughout and beyond evil in the passage where he describes an effort to build micro-drones that are, as the U.S. Air Force describes them, unobtrusive, pervasive, and lethal. Let me just see something here. Um, these are micro-drones, okay, that we're talking about here. These are, they can be the size of literally a mosquito. They've, they've got the technology to actually do that right now. And in fact, there's a picture here 
um, you can look at on the PDF of one of these little micro mosquito drones. And I mean, unless you were looking really close, like if you're looking far away, you wouldn't think that it was a machine. It looks like an insect. Air Force officials decline a request to observe test flights of a micro aviary they've built, like a micro aviary of these little demonic drones. He reported, um, but they did, but they did let him see a video dramatization starring micro UAVs that resembled winged, multi-legged bugs. The the drones swarm through alleys, crawl across windowsills, perch on power lines. One of them sneaks up on a scowling man holding a gun and shoots him in the back of the head. I watched the video. You can you can watch it here if you like. When I watch the simulation, I am horrified. Um, I also think to myself, this technology is more likely to diminish the American security than, in, than to enhance it. Now, um, I believe one of the gig- most gigantic reasons we're seeing such a push on the drones is because they know the Civil War is coming. And they know if they just send out, even if they send out the 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 blue hats from the UN and all of the the uh, troops from other countries, the Russians, the Chinese, they're still going to run up against a really formidable force with the Second Amendment gun owners of America. If they can send out drones, though, to take you out ahead of time, there's going to be no fight. That's going to That's going to reduce a lot of their... Um, losses, troop-wise, if they can actually use these drones to do their dirty work. And again, uh, this would be more reason to literally pray against this garbage that I'm talking about today, to literally pray that God would, you know, thwart, destroy this evil, wicked technology that is going to be foisted on you know, humanity in the United States very soon, and also elsewhere around the world. It's already been in a lot of other countries, they've already used this type of, of technology. So, just some things to think about there. Uh, next report. Campaigners today warned of a seismic shift in privacy invasion after it emerged that Intel was the latest company set to market a television set-top box equipped with a camera that stares back at its viewers. Now, think about Intel. Think about that word. Intel. They're gathering intel on you, like intelligence. That's what that word means. So ultimately, intel is a very appropriate word for this when you have a television that stares back at you and is recording what's going on in the room. And they've already got this stuff. Um, The company which makes the microchips found inside most uh, personal computers, Intel, has launched an entirely new division, Intel Media. To make and market the Orwellian streaming television product, Eric Huggers, vice president of Intel Media, said that the new service would offer users a TV that is much more personal, that learns about you, that actually cares about who you are. Oh, he's like your little buddy, your little furry pal, you know? Too bad you just can't take him everywhere. Anyway, the camera Intel claims will enable them to personalize the interactive features of their product so that different members of the same household can be served programming in advertising specific to them. Isn't that special? 
Intel is the only, only the latest company to develop a television product that contains a camera and sensors designed to watch what viewers are up to. The U.S. patent application, it's very long here, uh, the, uh, by the company suggests it could detect when people are cuddling and then show a commercial for a romantic getaway vacation or a commercial for a contraceptive when they're cuddling. Isn't that special? Again, a hallmark moment. Or a commercial for flowers, etc. This is so disgustingly beyond creepy. I, I mean, Microsoft also recently registered a patent for technology to allow its kinetic motion sensor to figure out how many people are in front of it and then stop playback if it detected more people than the copyright terms allowed. Yeah, this is how big brother things are going... This is going to be the norm now. This is going to be the norm. A sensor to figure out how many people are in front of it then stop playback if there's more people than the copyright terms allow? I, I just... I don't know. I just can't believe people would put up with this. Google TV proposed a similar patent that would use video and audio recording devices to do the same. And Comcast, in 2008, patented a monitoring technology that would recommend content to users based on people it recognized in the room. Oh, hey, that's Ed. That's, that's, that's Ed Barkley. <laughs> he likes this and that. He's a big golf fan, and, and he likes, you know, um, Patron whatever, vodka, or I don't know. So we're going to show the, oh, and then there's, there's, there's Lacey Tucker, and, and she likes, do you believe this? This is, unfortunately, going to be the norm. The surge in products that look back at you will no doubt spark associations with George Orwell's dystopic classic 1984 in which an oppressed population live in fear of surveillance through the two-way telescreens. The book's hero, Winston Smith, is only able to keep a diary, a banned activity, because one corner of his old-fashioned flat is out of view of the telescreen's camera. So that's the only way he, he can keep a diary, because that'll be illegal. You can't have anything like a diary, because that's extremely prohibited. Unbelievable. Next article. Last year, Representative Rogers and Rupsenberger introduced CISPA, which would create a gaping new exemption to existing privacy law. CISPA would grant companies more power to obtain threat information, such as from private communications of users, and to disclose that data to the government without a warrant, including sending data to the National Security Security agency. So again, CISPA, they, they're going to just kind of take it out of, of themselves. And, and, you know, whether you're any kind of real threat or not, most likely you're not going to be, but they're going to go ahead and just forward this all to National Security Agency. This week, CISPA was reintroduced in the House of Representatives. Last year, tens of thousands of concerned individuals used the EFF Action Center to speak out against the overboard and ineffective s- s- cybersecurity proposals, which thwarted it. We now need your help again. Send a message to your representatives, and you can click on the link above to do that, the, the link for the lead article. Next report. Uh, yes, you are a criminal, you just don't know it yet. This is from Privacy World, uh, from their newsletter for February. 
How many felonies have you committed today? If you're like most Americans, you probably violate federal or state law several times each day without even knowing it. That's because state and federal governments constantly expand the list of activities deemed as criminal offenses. Here are some criminal offenses in Las Vegas and many other cities for that matter. Sitting or lying down on public sidewalks in the downtown redevelopment district. Okay, so you... You're a criminal. Buying drinks for more than three people within a 24-hour period. I guess this would be if, like if you're at a bar. Buying drinks for more than three people within a 24-hour period. Oh, they, yeah. Feeding the homeless in public. A, a particularly heinous one, that one is. Incidentally, it's also illegal to feed pigeons. I mean, they, these people just need to be gut shot. And left, left to slow bleed out. I mean, where they do this, I don't think that there should be any... At least, are 30 days in the electric chair. I think that's, that's appropriate, too. Either one, gut shot or 30 days in the electric chair. Um, you know, uh, pawning your dentures. Yeah, you pawn your dentures in Las Vegas. You are a criminal. I should feel fortunate because I just pawned it in my hometown, and so I, I've went through several sets, and I've pawned them multiple times. So I guess I'm a real huge criminal. Actually, I don't have dentures, but um, have all my teeth, even my molars, and all that stuff. Um, Every one, anyway. Um, so pawning your dentures, I, and again, I, I totally, again, I think gut shot, point blank. Uh, would really be more more of an appropriate punishment for pawning your dentures. Uh, then defacing a hamburger <laughs> by leaving its contents anywhere in public. Now, the one that enforces that one is the Hamburglar from McDonald's. Remember him? Because obviously he would take great offense if you defaced a hamburger. <laughs> and then Grimace, remember Grimace, the big purple thing? is his henchman. He's the one that slaps the cuffs on you. But the Hamburglar is the one that actually really comes down on you. You know, I think he body slams you when he finds you. And then Grimace cuffs you and takes you into the uh, Mick Jail <laughs> where you serve your Mick sentence. <laughs> I mean, this stuff is so insane. You can't even make this stuff up. So, that's the tip of the criminalization iceberg we just went in there. I'm surprised there wasn't something about iceberg lettuce. You know, defacing iceberg lettuce. 30, you know, years in solitary confinement, probably. Anyway, have you ever purchased sinus medication over the counter? Well, so did Diane Avery, a 45-year-old Mississippi grandmother. She now faces a year in prison after being convicted of intent to manufacture amphetamines. Because she purchased sinus medication over the counter. It's a long story, but basically, Mississippi law requires a prescription to purchase pseudoephedrine, the active ingredient in many of the sinus medications. To save time and aggravation, um, Avria drove to Alabama to purchase her medication, but caught up in a sting operation. So now she's facing up to a year in prison. That seems like the, you know, punishment that's the crime, or... You know, crime fits the punishment, however way you want to look at it. Um, it's no wonder the U United States has by far the world's largest prison population per capita anywhere on Earth. 
Now, people would think a lot of times, oh, no, come on, how could it be worse than North Korea or China or whatever? No, 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 no. They're not even near us per capita. Not even near us. I've talked about this before. Um, more people rot in local, county, state, or federal prisons in the United States than any than all other developed countries combined. According to the World Prison Population List, 9th edition, 2012, there's actually a World Prison Population List. It's good, you know, bedtime reading. Kind of soothe you to go to bed. It says, quote, more than 10.1 million people are held in penal institutions throughout the world, mostly as, a, as pretrial detainees, remanded prisoners, or sentenced prisoners. Almost half of these are in the United States. Um, 2.29 million. Russia has 0.81 million. China has 1.65 million. But look at how... We have way more than China. And, I mean, 2.29 compared to China's 1.65. And how much more is their population than ours? I mean, it's way, 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 way higher. Okay? Um, the U.S. has the highest prison population rate at 743 per 100,000 of its national population, followed by Rwanda, this is like per capita, at 595, I mean, total third world country. Rwanda has 595 per 100,000 people. We have 743 per 100,000 people. I mean, this is unbelievable. Paraphrasing President Obama, yes, we can put you in prison. Um, even more disturbing, the criminalization of America is now creeping into high schools, junior high school classes, and most recently, even kindergarten. Well, we talked about the, the that wicked 10-year-old boy who brought a toy gun on the bus, and now he's got a probation officer and facing criminal charges, you know. Again, um, case in point, last month, a 5-year-old boy, here's a 5-year-old boy from Mississippi, Again, wound up in the back of a police car because he didn't wear the right colored shoes to class. His teacher told him he had to wear black shoes. True story, I'm going to give this. Unfortunately, the little boy had no black shoes. And his mother apparently didn't have the money to buy any. So she improvised. She used a black marker to cover up his red and white tennis shoes. Unfortunately, she missed a couple spots, though. And when the boy showed up the next day, his teacher called the cops. Shortly thereafter, the police escorted him home in a police car and delivered a stern warning to his mother. I'm surprised they didn't gut shoot the mother and then take the kid into, um, you know, put him in foster care or something. Word of the state. Apparently, this is business as usual in Mississippi. Indeed, the U.S. Justice Department recently filed a lawsuit against principals in one Mississippi county for running what critics call a school-to-prison pipeline. It's all about generating revenue and control and creating that whole police state mentality. So yeah, yeah, these are some of the, the uh, success stories that we've got going on right now. Um, next report here, and this is actually a from Paul, um, who is basically is, is the one that's totally in control of the Contending for Truth USB flash drives, okay? And um, he emailed me and he said, Hey, Brother Scott, finally the USB drives are going back up on contendingfortruth.com eBay site. They will be mostly 64 gigabyte 
USB 3.0 models as displayed on your website, with a limited number of 32 gigabyte ones for those who can't afford the standard 64 gigabyte items. Uh, it costs a pretty penny to buy one of these 64 gigabyte, but I've got so much audio, and Paul has so much other free bonus material on the flash drive that we really needed to update to a 64 gigabyte. I can remember, like, my laptops before that I had, like, you know, like, I think the last laptop I had wasn't even hardly 64 gigabytes or the one before that. I mean, so, yeah, they've really come a long way as far as storage goes. Um, so, as always, they will contain the every uh, Contending for Truth teaching from 2006 up to the latest teaching. And a lot of times people say, well, I don't want to, there's so much information here, and if the Internet goes down... Well, if you had one of these flash drives, then you'd have it all in one spot, all my teachings from 2006 in one spot, plus a whole bunch of other uh, bonus material. So for more information, I give you two links you can go to. Uh, one is the actual eBay site, one is the actual site on Contending for Truth that gives a full description of what you're, you're getting there. So anyway, I wanted to just make that little announcement as well. We're going to go ahead and stop part one here. And switch gears and get into some more of the more of the religious nature stuff um, in the next part of the teaching. So God bless you, and we'll see you in part two. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.